Lightning fans, welcome to episode number two of the Powerline podcast. I got to be honest, that wasn't the most inclusive intro I could have done because there might be some non-Lightning fans listening. And if you're a non-Lightning fan or maybe not a Lightning fan yet, or you're a fan of somebody else, I just want to say welcome. I'm happy you're here. My name is Zach, and uh, I'm one of our hosts here on the program. You'll be hearing from Chris uh, pretty shortly. Chris, you want to say hey? Pipe in real quick. Hey, you know what? If you're not a Lightning fan, um, I think you'll be one by the time this is all over. That's really inspiring, dude. Um, hey, I'm Zach. That's Chris. And uh, we're so happy to have you here with us for our second episode. We've already doubled our episode count in just a week. This is crazy. Uh, but... This is the Powerline Podcast, your source for all things lightning news, lightning analysis, lightning hot takes, lightning shenanigans, any and everything Tampa Bay hockey, we're touching it. Uh, And it's pretty crazy because we announced this podcast about a week ago. We're expecting some pretty interesting conversations happen during the preseason. And lo and behold, we have, in just a few short days after our preseason begins, our first preseason injury. Boop, boop, boop. Man, uh, if you're a new hockey fan, let me tell you, injuries are something you got to get used to. If you're a recurring hockey fan like myself, it's just something you learn to deal with. This year, though, I got to say, it hit a little bit different. It kind of came quickly, and it kind of came in a really disastrous way. This past Friday, we get a report from Mr. Kevin Weeks, a selfie video, and he lets us know that our star netminder, Andre Vasilevsky, has just gone through surgery for a herniated disc. He's going to be out eight to 10 weeks. Wow. Devastating, devastating news. Once the news broke, we heard from our GM, Julian Breezeball. And our captain, Steven Stamkos, I want to share some of their quotes here. Stamkos had this to say regarding Vassie's injury. This team has always dealt with adversity pretty well in terms of guys being injured and other guys stepping up. We're just going to have to hold down the fort until Big Cat's back. Breezebois had a similar uh, notion to his quotes. He said this, for the time being, we're going to go with the guys we have here. We think the goalies that we have are able to get the job done and carry the load in the meantime. That doesn't mean, though, that we're not ready to be exploring other options or that we haven't already been doing that. From the quotes, um, my, my feedback on them, it, Stamkos is speaking truth. When you look at the, the story of the Lightning the past couple of years, especially during those Stanley Cup runs, we were marred with injuries. We had a whole season without Kucherov before we won the Cup in 21-22. Stamkos famously missed all but one shift of the 2021 Stanley Cup run when he scored that famous goal against the Dallas Stars. And we've been able to make things work. Now, going through a Vasilevsky-sized hole in our hearts, missing him on our team, even just for these 8-10 weeks, it's going to be tough. Um, so I, I like the the... The energy that Stammer brought in that press conference, but there, there's definitely a difference this time. Looking back at Julian's quote, he kind of just talked in circles. We, we we've got him in, in true lawyer mode here, and uh, he says that we're going to go with the guys we have here, but he also keeps it open ended. Um, I I don't know how to feel about that, but thankfully after some preseason games, I think I'm a little bit more secure on the first half of that quote. Looking at the guys we have here, uh, Christian 
would you kind of like to delve us into our start of our, our goalie analysis, who we got behind Vassy right now? Basically, the only two options we have here is we lean on the existing goalies in the system, or we go and try and find a new goalie. Um, and there's going to be pros and cons to both ideas. But for now, I'd love to start with what, what can we do if we stay with the existing goalies in our system? To start with, I'd love to talk about the goalie we actually drafted recently. His name is Hugo Onnefeld. He's only 22 years old. He spent a lot of time with the Syracuse Crunch. Um, his numbers with our American Hockey League team, our minor team, he's played 33 games. And in those games, he has a 904 save percentage. Actually pretty good. He's been doing a pretty steady job in the AHL. Um, here's where it gets tricky. In the preseason so far this year, you're kind of expecting him to be like, okay, this is your moment to step up and show why we drafted you. He has a 792 save percentage. Womp, womp. Hugo's only stopped about eight out of 10 shots, which just isn't enough to win a game in this league. Could you imagine like a normal NHL game? Give or take, you're, you're seeing somewhere between high 20s to high 30s in shots. Hugo faces 30 shots right now, statistically. He's going to let in six goals. If you're a hockey fan, that's despicable numbers. My opinion on this, and thankfully what the Lightning have already done by sending him uh, back to Syracuse for the season, is you got to let this man cook a little more. He's he's currently a Ben & Jerry's pint. He is a half-baked prospect. And eventually I think that he will have a spot with the Lightning as a backup but right now, he's only 22 years old. He's thriving in the AHL. He's starting to, to really get more consistent uh, down there. Don't bring him into this situation. Yeah, so the next guy I'd love to talk about has actually been doing pretty well. We picked him up just this year. His name is Matt Tompkins. He spent most of the last kind of playing days he's had in Europe. Uh, he's also seen some experience in um, the AHL with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Um, so he has seen some American hockey too, but he's a little bit older. And what I like about Tompkins is that when he's come in, he's come in really hot. So in the preseason game he's played this year, he actually has posted a 0.968 save percentage. That was in a game against the Nashville Predators who are already not the best roster, but they're, you know, so, so to bring out their AHL roster for a little bit of that, you know, that's not going to be the most difficult opposition to go against, but he has impressed me so far with what he's brought. And I think he could have a real shot at the backup backup spot. Yeah. Tommy boy, AKA the Tomka truck, as I like to call him sometimes. <laughs> How many times have you called him that this season? I've called him that. <laughs> if you, so the, the counter's on. And it's one. He is now the Tom like, truck. You have a new nickname. <laughs> He's just been started a new nickname. I am going to have a counter for how many times I say the Tomka truck, and you are going to have a counter for how many times you slander the Predators. And the counter is now at one. <laughs> it's at two already after last episode. All that to say, uh, one intangible I think that Tompkins does bring in is. Um, a clear differentiator from him in Alnafelt. Tompkins, although he doesn't really have any NHL experience yet at this point, besides these preseason games and perhaps some, some touches with Chicago, he's 29 years old. 
So he's been in the system for a while. He's played professional in, in leagues across the world. And what you need in the NHL is a goaltender. Uh, one of my favorite podcasters, Frank Cervalli and Jason Greger on the DFL Rundown, they always say the goaltending is voodoo. From season to season, stuff can be completely different. And it just, it, it happens at the flip of a coin. And if your head's not in it, your skill set doesn't really matter. And what I see right now with Tompkins, this is the guy whose head's in it, who sees an opportunity ahead of him and is trying to make an NHL name for himself, make some NHL money. And I love this signing. I love this guy in our system. And I think that it's going to pan out well for us. The last goalie that I'd love to talk about here is probably our shining star right now. Our silver lining is Jonas Johansson. We're kind of calling him Jojo. Jojo. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. He's Jojo internally just on this podcast for right now. And I think we're kind of weirdly excited about him just because he feels like our best stable option. So here's some quick stats on him. He is 28 years old. He has played 35 NHL games in his career among probably, I forgot to look it up, but probably among a lot of other AHL and minor league games. A lot um, of teams. Did not do my research enough, but he has played 35 in the NHL. And here's what he is not proud of, and he's not putting on his fridge when he gets home to show his parents, his 886% save percentage in his career in the NHL. So he's not really been a shining star for a lot of teams serving in a backup role, serving sometimes in a call-up role from the minor leagues when both goalies have been injured. But really the key here is we're giving Jonas a chance to show what scouts probably saw in him a long time ago, which is his ability to make a difference on an NHL roster as a starting goalie. So I think if we go with the goalies we have kind of like Julian Samco said, then we're probably going with Jonas as our starter. I am excited about Jonas because I did get to see him in person. Shout out my sister-in-law for some preseason tickets. And I took my fiance. We went and checked out Jonas and he actually posted a 42 save shutout against, I would say, an almost NHL full roster in Carolina Hurricanes. And I felt like 42 saves is a lot. To stop that many is great. I do feel like a lot of them were pretty low danger. He wasn't getting like, you know, big sauces from Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or any of our like crazy shooters that, you know, they create the highlight reels. But he did well. And I feel like he could continue to bring that energy into our regular season. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Beyond just the counting stat metrics, I think that there is a real intangible vibe metric right now that JoJo is off the charts on. If you're following other Tampa sports and maybe aren't super familiar with hockey, what I would say this JoJo run has the potential for is basically what Baker Mayfield is doing right now with the Bucks. You look at this dude who's supposed to be the man in so many places. He just doesn't live up to the hype. And now he's got one final shot. He's taken the minimum amount of money he can. Yeah. All I'm trying to say is this has all the makings of basically what Baker's doing right now with the Bucks. This is a guy who came into the league with high expectations, failed to deliver, and sometimes really fell flat on his face. And... 
now has an opportunity back against the wall, last chance, last deal, last ditch effort for him in every single way. And he can really make a name for himself and carve out a career from this. So I'm super big on what Johansson's capable of. I think that there could be a high upside with him. If this fairy tale story with Jonas does happen to fall short though, and he ends up kind of being Baker and, and Cleveland with Odell and we all know how that kind of ends. If, if all falls apart on him, the good news is there is a pretty decent goalie market out there, which, uh, Ball, like you said, has already kind of got his eyes on. And a couple of folks real quick that I just wanted to bring our attention to that could end up in a, in a Bolts jersey, just so you guys can kind of be doing some early research in case. First off, we got Brian Elliott. He's currently a free agent. If you've been following for the past couple of years, you'll remember Brian. Brian was on our team last year, on our team the year prior to then, and uh, was honestly a super solid backup behind Vasilevsky. I think in the Vasilevsky era, He's probably the most talented netminder we had behind him. And quite frankly, he, he he's he's great. The only downside to him, and I think why we let him go, is because he's getting up there in age. He, he's nearly 40 now. And it, towards the end of the season last year, he definitely was struggling to keep up the workload, it seemed, that we were assigning him to. I think really the only reason we decided to go a different direction and, and re-sign Elliott to this year was just because he's getting up there in age. He's 38. Last season, he performed at an 891 save percentage, and I don't think he's going to be bringing anything special to the team. He's a good option for us. He's something we're familiar with and comfortable with, and that would come cheap if we needed him. But right now, I'm fine not necessarily going that route. The other One of the other options we have is Yaroslav Halak, another free agent. His last year, he also came in at the same salary. Is Elliot, unfortunately, his other downside is he's also 38. Now, contrary to Brian, he played a bigger workload at 25 games played and actually came out with a 901 save percentage backing up with the Rangers, who I think in theory probably have a similar defensive skill set to us. So he could be a good fit, honestly. I was surprised Julian didn't sign him, but I think that age is another worry that we have with him. The last option that I would probably want to highlight uh, as a potential for us would be Anthony Stolarz from Florida. He was previously with the Ducks. Uh, he just re-signed with Florida this year after they had to let Alex Lyon walk following his miracle run at the end of last season. Stolarz is on a $1.1 million contract, which to us, is pretty appealing. If we got 50% retained on him, he'd be at a half million dollar clip, which is certainly more reasonable with our uh, our cap situation right now. Last year, he was a 909 uh, on the Ducks, which is a terrible defensive team. So really miraculous he was that good. Played 47 games. He's got a lot of upside. And with Florida having Bobrovsky and now Spencer Knight back in the system... I don't really see a place for him on the Panthers. So personally, he would be my hope. If we don't end up going with Johansson, if we don't end up sticking with Tompkins, I would love to see Stolarz be acquired at that low number. But I guess we'll just see what happens. What I'm worried about with Stolarz is that with his rights currently belonging to Florida, 
what's the chances of Florida trading him to a division rival and doing us a favor too? I don't think that it would be super likely. And I think that they'd probably want to artificially raise the price to trade him as well with the lack of minor assets we already have. And Florida honestly being in kind of like a similar situation to us, but kind of like earlier in the game, like they've just picked up Matthew Kachuk. They've just been to the first cup final in a while. Like they're ready to keep it going. And we're kind of like just trying to stay in the race. We, us like, being bad helps Florida in the division rankings. Yeah. So I think it's pretty unlikely that they help us. They do be a miracle and we'd probably lose something really important. What do you think about the Montreal situation where they currently have two goalies around the one mil mark? Yeah. So the one thing about the Florida situation that might make Stolarz available to us would be just the fact they have to wave. They're probably gonna have to wave one goaltender down having Bobrovsky at night. So I could see Stolarz ending up to us that way. We'd have to clear a little bit more cap. But that's true. it's not unfeasible. The tough thing is if he gets waived, I think he's going to get picked up. He's a, he's a solid goaltender and we're low in the priority on the waivers. So that is, it's a bit of a pipe dream for sure. You're definitely right about that. Like you said, in Montreal, um, we got Sam Montembeau and Caden Primo. They really have a crowded crease right now. Jake Allen, Montembeau, Primo. All of these guys are fine goalies. Montembeau, I think, actually has a lot of upside. Uh, the disadvantage for Montreal is he's just not really in the age window of their best prospects. So I think that they're definitely looking to trade off a goaltending asset and they could be a, a formidable partner for us. Similarly to the Panthers though, with them being a division rival, um, I think that they're going to artificially going to try to inflate that price. And I'm not sure the draft capital we have is going to be anything they want. And they're not really going to look take on any players because they're trying to tank. So the more I've thought about that one, the more I've kind of gone off of the scent. My hope, if we don't go with Johansson, would be some miracle that Stolarz falls to us in waivers. But that's kind of the state of the goalie market right now. To be frank, after watching the games this past weekend, I'm I'm ready. I'm team Joe. Same. Yeah. I'm I'm revved up and I'm ready to go. I love to talk about basically what has happened when we haven't had Vasilevsky in the net. And so it's been a couple of years really where we've had some kind of weird backup situations and some of them been really good, some of them really bad. So I actually went in a deep dive, just looked at all the stats and I basically looked at a few things. I looked at games played without Vasilevsky since 20, the 2017 to 2018 season. Um, I looked at game starts specifically because any games where a goalie would come in relief, I just felt like that wasn't really what we were looking for. We we're looking for game starts because that's what our backups in today would actually be doing. So looking at game starts and just kind of looking at the results from those from 2017, 2018 season up until this past season with Brian Elliott, over the stats I looked at, I saw that over 120 game starts from backups, those backups actually had a 58 win percentage, 58%. Our goal with all of this is we do not want to bow out of the playoff race before it's too late. 
We do not want Vasilevsky to be in a position where he's got to be another miracle worker for another season and make up a ton of ground that our backup goalies lost over the next eight to 10 weeks of the regular season. So we're thinking about who are like, how can we have backups that hold it down and just keep us in the playoff race up through the end of December, early January. So again, looking back at the last six seasons with the kind of backups we've had overall, on average, we have had a 58% win percentage, but that has been made up of, of a few really bad backup seasons and a couple of good ones too. So for instance, in the 2018 to 2019 season, we actually saw 29 game starts from backups. Um, those backups specifically were Domingue, who I think was just on waivers, funny enough, this year, and Pascal, um, just some other random backup goalie. You don't, don't worry about him. Those guys together put up 23 wins with a 79% win record. Pretty great. I mean, that's incredible from a starting goalie, let alone your backups. So that was honestly incredible really great. And I think that was just, I believe that was one of the best years we've had as an organization too. So it's easy to see where offense and defense could have really helped with that. One of the worst seasons we've had was the 2020 to 2021 season where we had 14 game starts from McElhenney and Chris Gibson. And those guys out of 14 game starts put up five wins, not many. That's about 36% win record. So Kind of a, that's like the best and the worst of the win records. Putting all that together, we get the on average 58 win percentage. To go off of that, I'm predicting that teams in the Atlantic division, in order to reach the playoffs, which is our goal, they would need 96 points. Um, last year, I think the threshold was like 92. We're expecting Boston to regress a little bit, which is going to kind of give some more points back to the rest of the league. Um, there are 38 regular season games through the end of December. So if Vasily Levsky can't play until the end of December, and we just hopefully guess that our backups win 58% of games, we'd, all, we'd win 22 of those games, 22 of the 38, and we'd earn about 44 points. So we'd still need to earn 52 points in which we need Vasilevsky to win like 60% of the games we have left. Now, for reference, over the last three years, Vasilevsky has won 63% of the games he started. So I think that there's a good chance that if the backups can hold it down in the way they have been over the last couple of years, that Vasilevsky can pull it together for wins for the rest of the year. Man, what would this show be without you, Chris? <laughs> I'm sure everyone is just loving hearing the numbers. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> yeah. To put it in layman's terms, we just need Johansson and Tompkins to be a little bit above average right now. If our scores can start this season hot, I genuinely believe that a, an average performance from Johansson and Tompkins is going to be enough. If we see the 100-point Kucherov that we've come to know, if we see Stamkos scoring at a 90-point clip, if we see Hagel move from 60 points to maybe 70 or even 80, which I think is fully feasible, we're going to be able to get the goals we need. We're going to be able to to, to take that that jump and, and not put all the pressure on Vasi when the time comes. 
dude, we're going to need offense to go up. The only way you can fix bad defense is more offense. I think we'd have to see some of the best seasons or close to the best seasons from all of our forwards. Luckily, there are a few forwards that can take that jump. I think Hagel can still take an extra jump, get a couple mm-hmm. extra points than he did last season. I think Sorelli in his in like a higher line position can get some stuff. I think our, some of our new fourth liners can show... Like I talked about last episode, they're projected to get about 50 points, which by the way, those line projections are like out the window right now because Logan Brown got injured. Um, We actually saw really good performances from some of our minor league players. So who even knows what the projected lines are right now, but we could, we like, if we can get those 50 points, like individual player points that we need from the fourth line and just keep, and those numbers go up through the lines, I think we can kind of outshoot our problems for 38 regular season games. I wish that I could outshoot my problems the way that the Bolts are going to outshoot their problems for these 38 regular season games. I am choosing to be optimistic. This is the year of the rabbit. Jojo rabbit is coming in hot this season. Brandon Hagel, 80 points. Book it now. I have faith, man. This is this is going to be... If we don't get it, then we're going to lose our third place in the Atlantic Trophy. <laughs> that's all I really care about. <laughs> that's, that is very true. That is very true. Here's the, here's the one good thing about this. We are starting a season with more excitement and mystery than we have in a while. And whether you've been a Bolts fan for years like Chris and I, or this is, this is your first time coming around... You're in for a treat. We're going to be playing for our lives the next couple months. Well, I think that really just about covers it. I think with the Logan Brown injury, we could see some minor leaguers really step in, uh, specifically Alex Barboulet, maybe even Walteri Morela could come in, but we could talk about that in another episode. Um, I think it was really good to hit the goalie stuff this episode, and I'm honestly pretty excited, even with the Vasilevsky injury. Give me the chaos. There is no more fun time right now to be a Lightning fan. So many incredible players in the pipeline. So much drama on and off the ice right now. Um, we're in for a good year. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Real quick, I know a couple of you guys submitted some questions today to our uh, our mailbag on Instagram. We did not have time to get to those, but rest assured we're gonna put out the bat signal again gonna take a couple more questions and next episode you better believe we are going to be touching on some of the things that you guys are curious about with the lighting well this has been two guys talking puck the powerline podcast hope you guys have an awesome day and uh go bolts